0: Hey everyone, I'm your host Piers Kicks, and welcome back to Metaverse Musings, which is a research-focused podcast that's part of Delphi Digital. We explore the integral components behind what many believe will be the internet's successor, a virtual extension of the natural world where most of us will eventually live, work and play. To some, it represents our next great milestone as a network species, and to others, it is something to fear. With our guests, we discuss the technology, philosophy and culture behind this brave new world. If you're not yet subscribed to the Delphi Research Portal, then I fear for your soul. You're missing out on the most incisive analysis that the digital asset space has to offer. Seriously, check it out. Nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. This podcast features sponsors and any ads are not an endorsement by Delphi Digital and are for informational purposes only. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Metaverse Musings. Today, I am delighted to introduce Nicholas, who is the founder and CEO of SoRare, the tradable card game uh, based around football. Um, Nicholas, thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really, really looking forward to having this conversation with you.
0: So that everyone's on the same page, could you please start us off by, as simply as possible, um, telling us what SoRare is.
1: Yeah. Um, so roughly speaking, I mean, Sarah, it's, it's a mix between a, a collectible game and a fantasy game. So uh, basically, you, you need to own uh, there's NFTs, there's blocks and cards to play a game which is a fantasy game. Uh, and uh, and uh, and so so yeah, that's uh, that's at the, at the intersection of uh, of uh, you know collecting and, uh, and and playing. So that's a new kind of uh, football experience for fans.
0: Awesome. And can you give us a summary of your personal background running up to starting Super Rare? Uh, So Rare,
1: sorry. Yeah, a lot of rare in, in blockchain <laughs> companies. Uh, I mean, uh, so I met my co-founder, Adrian, uh, it was uh, like five years ago uh, in, a, in, a, in a previous blockchain startup where we were employee number one and two. Uh, and, uh, you know, late 2017, we saw this new standard uh, on top of the Ethereum blockchain, uh, like the NFT standard, the RC721 and we were like okay that that's crazy uh now we have a technology to collect things uh on the, on the web and you know we we know that human beings like love to collect they have been collecting for uh for centuries and uh so we were fascinated by this tech we are two huge uh football fans so we were like what if we bring the image of uh, of football players which is like the biggest sport in the world like four billion fans so that we we, not only we have a scarce uh, item but it's it's branded and scarce item. so that was the you know the second step of uh, our thinking and then we were like okay that's cool to have a branded collectible but what if you have a usage value? What if you can engage with it, uh, every week and every day? Uh, and so that, that was the third pillar, like the fantasy element. And with this free stuff, uh, in mind, we started, uh, you know, building the, the early prototypes, uh, late, uh, 18, beginning of 19. Um, and so, yeah, that's how we got, we got started.
0: That's really cool. I'm um, yeah glad, glad for you guys to have jumped on that opportunity. Obviously, NFTs represent a really new uh, and really interesting sort of new mechanism for engaging with some of this stuff and and for, for sort of existing IP in particular. Um, what would you say was different about your kind of approach and men- mentality that has allowed you to see this opportunity where others hadn't?
1: Um, I think that, uh, that's, uh, that there's, there's a couple of things. Um, uh, w- what's different is that we, f- from, from day one we, we, we considered that uh, we need to abstract uh, you know, all the complexity uh, of crypto from the end user. So uh, we took a lot of time to see if we can abstract you know private keys, wallets and, and, and so on and so enable people to come with a credit card and you know, and, and play the game uh, w- without handling all the stuff. So I think that that's one thing. Um, I think the other thing is uh, that we uh, we we were really focused on the gameplay, uh, on retention, uh, more than you know, just trying to you know to, 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 to have headlines. With yes, we sold this item for that number. Of course, like we had like uh, very good um, sales numbers. And yesterday night, I mean, we sold uh, Cristiano Ronaldo for more than one hundred thousand dollars but the 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 really the focus of the company was to build a good game and to have good retention metrics. We have over seventy percent uh, retention of our user, which we, which are, we are very proud of. So that's the second thing, like the focus on the game. And maybe the third one was just, how um, to say that, but the, the the resilience that we had about getting these licenses because football, it's the biggest sport in the world, but the image rights, they are very fragmented. Uh, you need to go to a lot of different geographies, different organizations, um, and it's kind of messy and, you know, like they, o- they, they only granted their rights to two companies in history, like EA for FIFA and Panini. And so they are kind of conservative. And so we spent a lot, a lot of time to understand how it works, uh, and to answer them. Uh, and now we have like more than 130 clubs on board. So we created this kind of momentum within, uh, this industry. And, uh, so, yeah, I think those are the three points where maybe mm-hmm. we had a slightly different approach. <laughs>
0: could could you elaborate a bit on that third one on how exactly you managed to pitch this to the football clubs because um, you know I, I assume COVID was useful in some ways in that they're already looking for kind of uh, additional revenue streams in light of how things have gone
1: yeah I mean if, even before uh, COVID uh, I mean I uh, I I I came to to them and I was like, okay, we we're gonna create a new category together. Like uh, there's no leading, you know, fantasy soccer game out there, so we are not competing with EA, we are not competing with Panini, so we are going to create together something huge. Uh, and, and bring more revenue to you. And, and, and even before COVID, that was something they were interested in. The second point was, uh, we're going to expose your brand to new markets in the US, in Asia, where we have like strong traction. Uh, and specifically for European clubs. I mean, these are markets very interesting for them. And the third one was we're going to create a cool game for your fans. Uh, and, uh, so if you take the, the three things like more money, more exposure to new markets, uh, and a good product, uh, and you, don't ask basically for anything else than grant me the IP. Um, that's a strong value proposition for the preps and the leaks.
0: Mm, yeah, very much so. I, I um, you, you also mentioned the, the sort of abstracting away the blockchain component. Um, I think what's really awesome about where you guys are at, I mean, w- w- right the way through, you guys have kind of been subsidizing gas fees as well on the back end. So... I um I, I assume this isn't sort of the long-term plan, but uh, uh, what are you guys looking at in terms of scaling SoRare?
1: Yeah, we have been, uh, as you said, like kind of uh, sponsoring the gases from day one. Uh, we don't have any fee on the secondary market, on the second hand uh, marketplace too. So, uh, so those are things that we, we did, uh, you know, like for the community. Uh, and, um, and of course we have plans to scale, uh, so we are at the moment we are studying like different opportunities, uh, different uh, platforms, different scaling solutions. Uh, we we are you know we haven't made our decision yet, but uh, I mean there's so much talent and uh, and great teams uh, building stuff. You know that uh, um, I mean it's, it's, for, for sure like some, something cool is, is going to mature in the coming months and uh, and uh, and yeah we are very helpful for, for the future. Mm -hmm.
0: So is a custom scaling solution similar to how Axie Infinity have done it something you guys have explored or are you kind of set on going for something on the market?
1: So at the moment we are more like uh, we are not in the business of you know building blockchains or building scaling solutions. So we are in the business of you know creating an entertainment giant and you know building a cool uh, game. Uh, so so the focus is more to find uh, you know the the, the right uh, scaling solutions, the the right partner, um, and, and and to work with them.
0: Mm hmm. And um, you mentioned that you're not taking any fees on this sort of secondary markets. Could you touch upon the primary kind of monetization model for the business?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, so uh, the, the the business model is, is pretty simple. So we uh, we get licensing deals uh, with uh, with leagues and clubs. Uh, and so we share uh you know a part of the the revenue that we generate uh and uh yeah we we'll just share it with with them so uh that, that's that's kind of simple business model
0: mm-hmm. and then and then i assume just on the um on the primary sales as well you guys are you guys are hanging on to all of those fees or is there any kind of share, sharing with the marketplace going on
1: so yeah, we we handle the the gas fees uh, everywhere in the product, uh, and uh, uh, we we share uh, part of our sales uh, on the primary market with the clubs and leagues. Uh, we'll probably introduce uh, a fee on the on the mar- on the secondary market at some point, and uh, when we will do so, uh, we we will uh, share you know part part of the revenue we generate from the secondary market with with the with the right owners too.
0: Mm-hmm. And could you share a bit of color on kind of the team size and composition? Are you mainly based out of uh, Paris, um, and also sort of uh, capital raise? I understand that you've recently recently closed out around as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, at the moment, the, the the team is is a team of uh, twelve people, um, and uh, as you said, we we just uh, closed a, a fifty million dollar round with uh, led by Benchmark uh, in the in the US with. Uh, Participation of Axel, uh, and a couple of amazing angels like, uh, Alexis Wagnon, the CEO, uh, of Reddit, uh, football stars like, uh, Rio Ferdinand, Oliver Biroff, Antoine Griezmann, uh, Gerard Piquet was already part of the team, um, and, you know, a couple of others, uh, great angels. And, uh, with, with that, we're gonna, we're gonna scale the team, uh, triple the team size, uh, we're gonna build a, a mobile app, uh, this year. Um, and we're gonna start doing some uh, some marketing because uh, yeah, everything we did was uh, organic so far. Like on the word of mouth, we moved from um, it was roughly 50,000 50, uh, in mostly sales in January last year, and uh, last month we made uh, a bit more than four million in mostly sales. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna are gonna keep on accelerating this this growth.
0: Super exciting, and um, in, in terms of other sort of projects cropping up around the ecosystem, um, yeah, what are what other kind of projects are you excited at, excited by that are leveraging or kind of building upon SoRare in some way? I know we've already seen um, you know, the Blackpool guys crop up early on with the SoRare team, but uh, curious to get your thoughts there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. First of all, we are truly amazed by the the level of uh, involvement, creativity, engagement uh, of the community. I mean, when we look at uh, our engagement metrics, uh, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. They spend more than one hour a day uh, on average uh, within the product, and that's without counting you know the time spent on Discord and side products. Uh, So that that's truly amazing. Um, There's a lot of um, you know community led. project that are amazing so uh, uh, I, I cannot list them all but you you mentioned uh, blackpool so they are uh, they are working with a couple of managers, uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's good because that brings uh, more liquidity uh, to, to the market, uh, the NFT market in general, because they're not only working with, uh, with Soar, but other top projects. Um, and um, like there's, a, there's a, a, another app which is very uh, useful for the community, which is Soar Data uh so uh, this is this is bringing you know market data uh, performance data uh, to the to the community, so that's uh, that that's uh, that's a very good uh, resource uh, f- for the fans. Um, and you know, there's there's many more uh, like uh, side applications, side games uh, like Sora Omega. Uh, so yeah, there, there's uh, there's many odons. Um, and you know, what's what's very exciting is that we have all these interests uh, from small teams of engineers and designers, but also gaming giants looking at what we are doing. Uh, and hopefully in the in the coming months, uh, we have some, uh, some good news uh, to release about that.
0: Awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, and then I'm curious as well around whether or not you guys have ever, I think with the current setup of, you know, a portion of those primary fees flowing to the clubs and obviously to the equity holders, it may make less sense, but I'm curious whether you guys um, considered a token and whether you're considering a token moving forwards for any aspect of your project.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a very interesting question, and so of course we we we, we thought about it. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we were like, okay, if one of uh, our product principle is is really you know to abstract uh, all the all the complexity as much as possible, why uh, why should we introduce you know one more component uh, within the ecosystem, which is the mm. you know a, a sort of token? I mean, um, so. We, uh, so I think that to to, to make it simple, that was uh, the you know, simplicity should be a key driver. We have still, you know, some uh, some frictions to remove uh, before like being truly mainstream. Uh, and uh, so we we didn't want to add more complexity, so that was the reasoning why we, we didn't introduce uh, a uh, solar token to, to this to this ecosystem, and there's no plan to to doing so.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And, um, what are the kind of major points of friction that you guys uh have that you feel are like outstanding to be solved? You just touched upon some then, but I'm um, curious what what else you guys are working on improving
1: yeah i mean we uh we touched on uh we touched on the, you know the the scalability mm-hmm. issue which is uh around mainly around gas fees for us uh so that's uh that that's uh that's uh that's a you know friction uh uh, for for us uh i mean we have been profitable from day one even the months where we pay more than you know one million gases uh so that's uh that's uh that's something we can handle but uh of course that's uh that that's uh that's something we we want to solve in the midterm so uh we we are looking at it uh and uh generally speaking like uh you know re- removing uh, all the barriers uh for like no like 80% of our users they, they they never heard about the blockchain and so on so uh like uh, the, the the fiat on ramp uh, like coming with your credit card and uh, you know like uh is uh is uh, it, something that today uh we 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 have a first step, and it's working very well. Uh, and now we want to work on uh, the kind of off-ramp, like if you want uh, to uh, take your ETH your uh, and, and, and move it as uh, you know, fiat currency to your account, uh, streamline it as, uh, as much as possible. So that's, uh, that's a work stream that we have. Uh, and that is you know, one of the, the last remaining friction points that we want to remove. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I think between you guys, NBA Top Shot, and and I suppose stuff like F1 Delta Time, um, the kind of massive demand for licensed sports-themed collectibles uh, is really beginning to show. Um, Obviously, the experience you guys have built, uh, a lot of these assets have, uh, you know, material kind of utility within the game context. Uh, They can actually be used together. Um, But how how do you view you guys within the market? um, And what are your kind of ultimate ambitions?
1: yeah um so in, in i think in terms of uh, ultimate ambition so, so for us it's we, we want to create you know the best football gaming experience uh, and uh, starting with uh, cre- creating uh, you know fantasy football giants step 1 step 2 is to have this uh, flourishing ecosystem of dozens of games where you can play with your cards so not only our own game but other games uh and step 3 is to add an, a media element so if you have uh, Messi on your team and he scores a goal uh maybe you see near real time the goal uh, or the assist or you know any decisive action so uh that's where we are going that's the conversation we're having at the moment um and uh and yeah it's for us it's all about um c- connecting uh people together uh connecting friends together uh, and um and and to, to, to give fun uh, and delight to these guys, that, and, and and enable them to progress in a cool game. That's uh, that's that's uh, that's our ambition. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we are very happy now to to be backed by uh, by the top fans in, in this world to to execute on that.
0: Absolutely, changing gears a bit now and sort of broadening the focus a bit. If you had to distill the core value proposition of NFTs into just a few sentences, what would they be?
1: Um, I think that uh, for for us at the core, uh, NFTs are scarce uh, digital assets. Uh, So that's number one. Uh, So they they are unlocking the act of collecting uh, in the digital space. I think number two is uh, is portability. Um, they are breaking the barriers uh, of the you know the existing uh, uh, games. Uh, so today, when you buy something on Fortnite, you cannot move it away and you cannot trade it and so on. So this is something you 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 break with NFTs because you you truly own them and you can do whatever you want with them. And I think the third one could be uh, the traceability, the fact that you you have this complete uh, history uh, of the ownership of the assets uh, and, uh, and, and, and you can, uh, you can also, so, and, and with that in mind, uh, for artists, for instance, you can, you can pay royalties and, you know, subsequent sales and that's a huge value proposition for them. Um, so, so yeah, I would say, yeah, digital scarcity, portability, uh, traceability, uh, there's many more, but these are the, the, the first three that come to a man. Mm-hmm.
0: And, um. Obviously, things are really starting to heat up in the world of NFTs at the moment. This year has been off to a, a crazy start uh, that even, even the biggest believers didn't quite expect. Um, what would you say are some of the key trends to watch this year, both for you guys at SoRare and then the ecosystem more broadly?
1: Um, yeah, uh, so I, I think that, uh, sorry, I just mentioned art. So I think that's that's definitely a space to watch out. Uh, I mean, in general, uh, you know, the, the, the are kind of head uh in, in terms of trends uh and uh, and so so yeah I, I truly love this space. Uh I think another one uh is you know all this work around metaverses, uh, and uh, so you have uh, the Central Line, the Sandbox, the Voxels. So there's a lot of great teams building in the space. Um, and of course, uh, I need to mention exports uh, projects. So you mentioned a couple of, uh, of uh, amazing products uh, like Top Shot uh, Delta Time. There's uh, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of other great team working in this space, and uh, uh, and so it's it's um, it's yeah, getting some sales traction too. So, yeah. I, I would uh, I would mention that three.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then um, you, you, you also touched upon you know the longer term vision, uh, including others being able to build sort of game experiences um, around your assets. And kind of yeah. leverage that kind of interoperability. Um, is there anything sort of to that effect that you've seen so far that you can share? Um, I mean, I know there's games out there like Zed Run, who are uh, you know run the horse horse racing stuff, and they're building a racetrack in Decentraland, for example. Are we going to see? we going to see a, a so soccer pitch in one of these um, <laughs> one of these virtual <laughs>
1: worlds? Uh, so yeah, the intersection of uh, Viator worlds uh, and our product. Uh, is, is so we did an early experiment with Decentraland. Um, uh, I think it was maybe yeah, maybe maybe one year ago. Um, so we we uh we we, we did a giveaway. Uh, from what I remember, uh, of Sarah Uh, on Decentraland, um, and uh, I think that's that that's something we we definitely want to to explore, uh, because you know, one of the cool aspects of NFTs is that um, you can, there's a social element to them, right? So you want to show them off uh, to, to the people you love uh, and in a cool way. And, uh, and I mean, uh, showing them in a gallery, in a, in, in a virtual world is, is something, for instance, that we love to explore. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'd love to see, like, a team building uh, uh, yeah you know like a, g- a game within within this virtual world too um that that's not something that's uh, um that that I, I have heard of but uh we'd love to see that
0: awesome love to hear it um yeah so to what extent do you subscribe to this idea of a metaverse um not these metaverses plural that people keep using the word for but in in the truer sense which are defined as a persistent live digital universe that affords individuals a sense of agency, social presence, and shared spatial awareness, along with the ability to participate in an extensive virtual economy with profound societal impact.
1: Yeah, um, it's a it's a, it's it's a comprehensive definition. Uh, I think that you know, um, as long as there's there, there, there's, there's virtual wants, they they serve you know the basic human needs um and it, you know they, they, they have they have a future and i think one of those needs is just to connect uh with other people uh and uh and there could be a place where you know you you you, you know you 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 get to know uh you know more uh more people and and uh, and, and connect about shared patients. uh and um, and so yes i think that's uh That that, that's something where um, they they could take off. Uh, My my question is is um, uh, has always been for these worlds, where do they start, right? Because uh, building building a virtual world is cool, but um, if you want to scale uh, any kind of B two C or even B two B business, you need to start by kind of niche you know something small and doing it very well and and then growing uh so yeah i love to know like some sort of you know early um n- not use case but you know uh um, usage uh of this words that would be bigger than uh, trading parcels or, you know, this kind of thing. So probably I'm not following the space uh, close enough and probably there's some uh, answers to that. But uh, but yeah, that, that's something I, I love to see. Yeah,
0: I, I, I agree with what you say there. I don't think um, <clears throat> any of the experiences we see from within crypto per se are, are quite, um, you know, and even scratching the surface of that stuff. I'm, I'm more of the view that You know, at some point, a lot of these technologies that you guys are experimenting with around NFTs and crypto and all of these open standards, um, the day that those get, you know, built into, say, Unreal or Unity is the day that, I don't know, I think we start heading uh, more apparently in that direction. But let's see. Um, What is one thing that has become clear to you since you embarked on your crypto journey that you wish you had known before?
1: Um. So, um, so yeah, something that was not clear and that became clear uh, uh, while growing. Um, mm-hmm. Let me okay. Uh, let me have a think. Um, I think that uh, it's the probably the way to you know to to share the you know the value proposition about these NFTs. It's. Uh, um, you know, when you come from the from the technology, you you, you tend first to use uh, um, you know complicated uh, terms, and you really want to, to to explain why this technology and so on. And um, and uh, at the end of the day, what's important is uh, is uh, the value proposition for the people and how they feel it and how they experience it and uh it's design uh it's copy it's like storytelling and uh, that is much more important than you know um trying to educate because uh i mean we are not no one is in the business in, in the space of educating right so we are in the business of shipping cool products and uh uh, and so, yeah, maybe at the very beginning, the early days, you know, we, we, we try to, you know, to, to do kind of education about blockchain. But at the end of the day, what's important is you ship a good product. Uh, and, uh, and with the product, you, you, you kind of convey the value proposition of, you know, of the NFTs. But, um the fans, they need to experience it. Uh, and to feel it without, um, you know, being forced to read like uh, tutorials or this kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's what I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Makes a lot of sense. And I think you guys have clearly done a, an excellent job. You know, that that um, clear focus, obviously, on UX and abstracts away all the blockchain component. You know, uh, to the extent that you've actually been able to, you know, draw in some big traditional name investors from the more traditional side of VC. Um, you know, that's that's super exciting to see. And from that kind of vantage point and having navigated all of those conversations, um, what do you kind of see as the primary path to adoption for NFTs? Is it stuff around these licensed collectibles and just keeping it simple and not overcomplicating the mechanics? Or, um, yeah, you good to get your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the, yeah, the, the, the two stuff that um, I see, you know, driving adoption um uh, at the moment, is art, uh, and sports, uh, license collectibles because you know, that that, that, that that's something like when we started uh, this company with uh, Michael von Adrian, so we come from the crypto world, and so of course, we love Bitcoin, we love Ethereum, and so on. But we're like, okay, if you explain uh, cryptocurrencies uh, to you know, everyday people you need to touch on economics politics philosophy and technology and it's very hard and and you know and so and, and so that that's kind of limiting the, the adoption but when you talk art when you talk uh, you know football or basketball or uh, baseball I mean that's that's an emotional connection that's passion and uh, um, and uh, yes I think that's um, that's uh, that's the vehicle for mainstream adoption of crypto assets in general Um so yeah, I, I do see this, uh, there's two categories like art and, uh, and sports, uh, license collectible as uh, driving, uh, driving adoption, but you know, nobody knows. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, there's tons of use cases that haven't been unlocked and, uh, um, and that that are going to be unlocked. Like you can you can see NFTs as you know access to experiences uh, in the physical world. For instance, that's something we're gonna experiment at some point. Like if you have discount um, of Lionel Messi, you you have a discount to go to the to the Barcelona stadium, or you have access to a special chat room with him. This kind of things. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's many, many more things that we, we're going to see in the coming months as, you know, more, more talented people start to build uh, good products in the space.
0: That's um that's really interesting, especially the back end there that you just touched upon. Because I-, I wanted to ask you what uh, new business models you see being unlocked that you think could eventually dominate. Obviously, you guys have um you know a relatively straightforward setup with the core business, but like you just touched upon there, what interesting kind of additional and slightly more obscure revenue streams have you guys explored?
1: Um. So yeah, on our side. Uh so you know, one of the beauty of uh, of the business model we, we built is that um, it's um, it's, uh, it's it's profitable and and with that business model we uh, we don't need to put ads on the product and to affect the product experience. We really want to yeah to build a premium uh, product and uh, and so that's uh, that's not something we considered. Uh, so, uh, like, another revenue stream that we could unlock is, uh, going after, uh, legends, uh, going after, you know, coaches, going after stadiums, like everything related to football experience. Uh, yeah, th- these are kind of rights that we are starting to, you know, to, to get now from IP owners. We're not still, we are not yet ready in terms of, um, in terms of product to ship them, but, uh, but th- those are definitely, definitely, um, uh, revenue streams that we we're gonna explore uh, in the coming months.
0: Awesome. yeah. and then um, it has to be asked of course. but um, what is your favorite video game ever?
1: Uh, so as I said uh, in the very beginning I'm, I'm a huge football fan so I spent too much time uh, playing FIFA uh, from FIFA 98 uh, to you know even the, the latest versions uh, so so yeah that's, that's my favorite one
0: I love it so you've definitely buried a reasonable amount of money into Ultimate Team packs as well then
1: yeah I mean yeah 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 and so now we are trying to build something different hopefully I love it um aside from video games what would you say is the most
0: impactful digital experience you've ever had uh
1: so you you said uh, outside of uh video games uh,
0: yeah, or, or or it can include a video game but i mean just beyond like your favorite game like what digital experience have you had that uh you know struck you the most
1: um so yeah i mean uh, let me have a think um let me have a think um so yeah maybe it's a bit short term but uh yeah I, I i started to dig into clubhouse recently um and um i think that this you know new, new kind of audio only um categories and uh i mean you are at the forefront of it with your podcast <laughs> uh these are these are very interesting because i I'm, I'm starting to feel and of course i'm not the only one but this this, this screen fatigue you know being on zoom uh, all the time in front of your screen and and connecting with uh with uh, with other people exchanging ideas uh with this audio format is uh is is um is, is resonates a lot with um with yeah you know my my current um, I mean the new kind of lifestyle that I, I try to to adopt so uh so so yeah that's that's yeah that's one of the the latest uh, great experiences that uh, that I've had. Interesting,
0: and then yeah, finally, out of all the books you've read, which one has resonated with you the most? Um.
1: So uh, let me have a think. Um, I think one of the books that um, had most impact uh, on my life was uh, Antifragile from uh, Nassim Nicolas Taleb, uh, because there's a... it's, it's a very concrete philosophy, uh, about life, uh, and, uh, about, about risk. Uh, and, um, and you know, it was even like kind of central in, uh, in, in, in the decision I took a couple of years ago of, you know, starting, uh, you know, my own venture, um, because you know, the, the upside is, um, kind of unlimited uh and the downside uh is not that high because even if you even if you fail you can you know you you can find a job again or start something again and so that that's at the at the center of uh of Nassim's philosophy you know look for opportunities where you have unlimited upside uh, and uh and low downside so uh so so yeah this book has been kind of uh, transformational for me so so this this is one that I recommend a lot
0: I love it. That's a great book. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious then, what's kind of next on your roadmap for SoRE? Obviously, you've completed this raise. Um, sort of how's that money going to be used and, and where, are you, where are you headed next?
1: Yeah, so I guess for this year, uh, the main priorities are to scale the team. Um, so yeah, we build this like amazing team. It's only twelve to people, but you know, like uh, they, are, they are all very, very strong. And uh, so we're gonna triple this team. Uh, we're gonna build uh, a mobile experience uh, on on the product side, uh, and uh, we can, uh, we're gonna start to do some, some marketing uh, and, and drive some more awareness about about the product. Um, that's the third one. And lastly, we're gonna we're gonna onboard you know, the top, the, all the all the top clubs and and leagues that are uh, missing in the product. So uh, we are not that far from uh, from that, and we're gonna we're gonna share some some news about it in the coming weeks and months. And yeah, we're very excited about it. Too.
0: Super interesting. And then yeah, I, I'm curious on in terms of the marketing side of things, where are you predominantly focusing that some some of that stuff? Could be cool to get some uh, in-stadium advertising going.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean there's um the different stuff we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna start. So maybe in stadium in the current times is uh it's a bit uh, <laughs> complicated. But uh but yeah we we're gonna work with the clubs, we're gonna work with the players, uh we're gonna work with the leagues, uh, uh, uh we're gonna work with influencers uh and uh and uh yeah they're gonna they're gonna spread the word. Uh we we have been lucky to you know to to have this this organic growth so far, uh, and to, and that's very powerful because uh, with that you you, you, you build a, you know a true community. Uh, but yeah, now we're gonna we're gonna experiment different things. Uh, you know, with uh, with 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 all these people.
0: Wicked. And then uh, lastly, I think it would be wrong for me not to ask uh, which is your favorite football club?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know I'm from the south of France. Uh and uh, so uh, I'm Olympic de Marseille fan. Uh, so you know at the moment it's uh, not the best you know periods uh, for us. Uh, but but you know we we have this passion uh and uh, and this drive that, that you have uh, from, from 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 Latin people and so we'll come back soon and and and, and hopefully be be champion again. <laughs> so. Very good. I love to hear it.
0: Awesome. Well, um, Nicholas, I really appreciate you coming on and making the time. Um, I mean, there's sort of opportunity here for any kind of closing remarks for everyone listening. Um, you know, if they if they're interested in learning more and keeping up with you and what you guys are doing, where should they follow you?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so first of all. Thanks a lot for, for having me. It was a really cool conversation. And if you want to know more about Sora, um, I would encourage, uh, you to, you know, to, to follow us, uh, on Twitter. So it's, uh, uh the handle is, uh, HQ, uh, or to join the Discord community, which is very active. Uh, and so you, you can find both links, uh, in our, uh, in our uh, landing page on soar.com.
0: Awesome. I'll, uh, I'll also include both of those in the uh, show notes for anyone listening. But um, Nicholas, thank you once again. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to
1: watching how things evolve. Thank you so much. And yeah, look forward to, to, to staying in touch.